And welcome into the KDLM Sports Wrap, 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, and online at KDLMRadio.com. And also on the Lakes Area Radio app. We're also uh, putting it up on Apple Podcasts now as well. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and get notified when new episodes of the Sports Wrap are uploaded. My name is Zeke. we got an action-packed show today. Uh, we're going to talk some Timberwolves basketball. It sounds like the NBA is officially coming back. At the end of July, a 22-team playoff. That's unfortunately the uh, the Wolves were not <laughs> Wolves were not invited to. So the the off season has officially began for Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves. We've got an on this date in sports history. One of my least favorite moments in sports in the last I don't know 15 years. It, it got way too much hype for what it was. There's a, a, allegedly a fake injury, and this guy comes back and pretends that he's the Messiah for basketball. I, I don't I don't like this, but we'll give it some talk because it happened on this date back in 2008. And the second half of the sports wrap, a really 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 good interview uh, with uh, eminent sports director Mike Grimm and Gophers wide receiver Rashawn Bateman on how the Gopher star is trying to help create change, uh, not just. Uh, at the U of M, not just for the Gopher football team, but uh, statewide, nationwide, globally. We'll have that interview, the full interview with Gopher wide receiver Rashawn Bateman and sports director Mike Grimm in the second half of the sports trap. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports, shall we? Rewind time. So we'll start with a little OTD on this date in sports history. One of my least favorite moments watching sports because it was it was so overhyped, and you 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 know the injury was fake, and you know he did this just to have the cameras on him. Like no respectable basketball player would do this. Here, here here's the clip. This happened uh, game one of the NBA Finals: Lakers versus Celtics, June fifth, two thousand. And eight. In the West this year, Kobe Bryant knocks it down. Beautiful move. And he's got 16. And on the floor. Maybe he was certainly a long time. That athletic trainer quickly out there to check on him. Didn't see. He was in the midst of that crowd. Exactly what happened. They're carting Paul Pierce out on a wheelchair right now, covering the camera. He's got a left knee injury. Then they put him in the wheelchair. This is the sight that the Celtic fans want to see. And hear the ovation as he comes hopping out of the tunnel. Ains told me that it is a sprained knee. You can see that sleeve on Pierce's right knee. He's going to give it a try, guys. So here's what's what's happening. Paul Pierce uh, on a Kobe Bryant jump shot, uh, no contact, falls to the court. Uh, underneath the basket, and he gets pushed off the court on a wheelchair, clutching his left knee. You figure, you figure his season's over. It's, it's got to be some some huge injury, and no less than like 15 minutes later, uh, after being pushed into the locker room in a wheelchair, he comes jogging back out of the court, skipping, jumping. Celtics fans go nuts. And then Paul Pierce goes off in game one. Celtics take game one of the 2008 NBA Finals, 98 to 88, known as the Paul Pierce wheelchair game. And if if you haven't uh, picked up on this already, I am not a fan of the Paul Pierce wheelchair game because I I am one of those guys wearing their tinfoil hats right now saying he faked this injury. He, 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 He came off the court. He went in the wheelchair to get the press, to get the cameras on him. He knew he wasn't hurt that bad. And then he comes back out, rallies his team. I- I'm okay with going to the locker room to get an injury checked. I mean, 
Clay Thompson in last year's NBA Finals tore his ACL, went to the locker room, walked back out, made two free throws, and then went back to the locker room. Paul Pierce sprained his knee, had to be carted off in a wheelchair, and then ran back out like nothing happened. I mean, come on, Paul Pierce. I'm not, I'm not a... I respect what Paul Pierce does off the floor for for his communities. He's he's very charitable. He, he he's a he's an NBA Hall of Famer. He is a legend. I just I just don't like that he did this one thing. This one thing like twelve years ago or or whatever it is now. Two. So uh, speaking of the NBA, uh, the NBA approved yesterday a return to play plan as the league's board of governors agreed. It was a twenty nine to one vote. I'm not sure who voted against it. Probably the Portland Trailblazers. More on that in a second. Uh, it's a 22-team finale for the regular season uh, and the NBA Finals. going to play, be played in a bubble atmosphere at Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. And unfortunately for the Wolves, they're a bottom three team in the NBA right now. They did not make the cut of 22 teams to go play. Uh, next season is supposed to start on Christmas Day. If that is what happens? The Wolves will have gone 289 days between games. I'm really hoping that's enough time to get Carl Anthony Towns' wrist injury healed. So here, here's two two big things the Wolves have to watch this offseason. Number one, pending free agents. And number two, uh, NBA draft lottery. Because there, there's some questions there. As well, so looking at the at the Wolves roster right now, there is a major overhaul midseason, uh, shipping out uh, Gorgie Jang and and Robert Covington and Andrew Wiggins among others, and bringing in a whole pile of players. Uh, most notably, of course, D'Angelo Russell from the Golden State Warriors for Andrew Wiggins, and then a, a huge bunch of players from the Denver Nuggets, including one Malik Beasley. Uh, played just 14 games with the Wolves, but had a major impact: 20.7 points a game. from the floor, including 42.6% from three-point range. He's a short-term explosion in a contract year. uh, Sums up every demon that Minnesota has had. You look at guys that have done this before. Trenton Hassel got a nice big contract from from the Wolves uh, back in 2004, 2005. He was the guard on that that Garnett, Sprewell, Cassell team. Uh, Beasley, uh, in, in limited action, with the Wolves, alongside D'Angelo Russell, they look like a, a very formidable backcourt duo. And that should make Beasley, who is a free agent this offseason, of course, the number one priority for Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves to resign. Number one, you have to bring back Malik Beasley. The other guy uh, you need to, to, to consider bringing back was also involved in that trade is Juan Hernan Gomez. Uh, didn't have the same explosion that Beasley had, but was a very nice role player. Uh, 13 points, seven boards off the bench. Uh, the good news for the Wolves is these guys are both rest- restricted free agents, meaning uh, if, if anybody else offers them a contract, they can match it and keep them in Minnesota. So there's a really good chance that both Beasley and Hernan Gomez are back this uh, season. Another thing to keep an eye on, uh, speaking of free agents, is uh, the Wolves have two first-round picks this year. And what will they do with those? The The big trade has been uh, rumored to be uh, Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he, he's D'Angelo Russell's buddy. 
He's Carl Anthony Towns' buddy. He would give you another guard, which at point, what do you do with Malik Beasley? Do you move him around? Do you have him come off the bench? I don't think you do. I think so. There's a, a lot of pieces that Gerson Rosas has to play with this season. He wants to make a big three. He, he it's, it's going to be Cat. It's going to be Russell. But who is that number three guy? If they are not able to to somehow wrestle Devin Booker away from the Phoenix Suns. I think it should be Malik Beasley. What's wrong with Malik Beasley? Yeah, he's not the sexiest name. Devin Booker is is, is a perennial all-star guard. He was a, a, a lottery pick. He, he's the face of the Phoenix Suns franchise right now. If you're able to sneak Booker away, yeah, there is your top three. But then what do you do with Beasley? Do you trade Beasley? I, I, I say, cause I'm a big purveyor of, of keeping first-round picks, especially when they're going to be two fairly good first-round picks. Keep Beasley. Have Beasley as your three. We never saw extended action of Cat, Russell, and Beasley on the court at the same time. Maybe maybe one game, and then Cat got the wrist injury and missed thirteen of the last fourteen games for the Wolves, or whatever. I think I think Malik Beasley can be your number three option on this team behind Cat, behind Russell. If you're not able to get Devin Booker. With the Wolves uh, having the, the a bottom three record in the league, of course, I mentioned before, not invited to Orlando for that 22-team uh, tournament deal that they're going to start. I think I think July 31st is when they're aiming to, to tip that off, and then the NBA Finals will wrap up in late October. They'll get a month off, and then the the next regular season would start on, on Christmas Day. Good news for Wolves fans here is that the league decided to freeze the league's records as of the March shutdown which means the Wolves will finish indeed with the third worst record in the league that uh, would put them behind Golden State and Cleveland. Uh, they have a 14% chance to get the number one overall pick. Uh, the Wolves also have a 26% chance to finish with the sixth overall pick, which we, if we've seen anything from you know Timberwolves draft lottery history, it's not good. How many times have we finished with the worst record in the league? Multiple. How many times have we landed the number one overall pick? Once. And we took Carl Anthony Towns. Not a not a bad deal there. Uh, the number one pick is always a good thing to have, but the Wolves uh, could use it for trade bait. Would, would the Wolves rather pick number one where there's not really that standout player in this NBA draft class? Or or do they trade it? Maybe maybe they send the number one overall pick to Phoenix for for Devin Booker. Would you trade number one for Devin Booker? Potentially, would you trade two for Devin Booker? Three for Devin Booker? Six? Yes, I would. De- if, if if the Wolves get screwed with the tw- with the sixth overall pick in the NBA draft, despite having the third worst record, yes, I, I would consider that. Uh, the Wolves could make their selection and have an agreement in place and wait to announce a deal at the conclusion of the draft. That's how every NBA draft works. So it wouldn't be a major obstacle uh, to 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 do this. Uh, this is called the. Uh, the, the, the step-in rule, which doesn't allow a, a team to trade first-round selections in back-to-back seasons. Uh, the Timberwolves have already dealt their 2021 first-round pick to to D'Angelo Russell. And so technically, they wouldn't be able to trade this first-round pick. And, and that's where uh, kind of waiting on that pick happens. They can make their selection, have an agreement in place, wait to announce the deal after the draft has concluded. Kind of... Uh, we've we've seen the Wolves swap picks and stuff all the time. The Brandon Roy Randy Foy is the one that comes to mind because that one uh, definitely came back to bite us in the butt. So that, that's something else to to watch for. Gerson is going to have to be sneaky if he's going to trade a 2020 first round pick.
uh, to anybody, maybe Phoenix, for Devin Booker because he's already traded next year's first-round pick. That one went to Golden State in the Andrew Wiggins deal. So there's there's still a, a lot of fun things going on in the NBA despite the Wolves not being in the field of 22. I'm glad they're not, personally. Uh, give them 289 days off between their last game in March and their, their season opening game potentially on, on Christmas Day. And just, I don't know, I was so sick of Wolves basketball by, by the end of last season. Oh, it's just it's just so frustrating. Why we can't have nice things? We finally get Russell, and then Cat gets hurt, and then the Wolves stumble down the blocks. And ah, I don't know. I'm ready for so I'm ready for sports. If it was if it was a choice between not watching anything and having to to rewatch every single Wolves game last year uh, live, I'd probably go with the I'd, I'd probably go with the Wolves. I'm not going to lie. Second half of the sports shop. Here's what's coming up. We've got uh, our our fishing report coming up in the break. Our, we'll, we'll check in with Eminem News. Uh, we'll also check in with NFL Network today. Second half, we've got uh, Eminem's Mike Grimm's conversation with Gophers wide receiver Rashad Bateman. The full interview on how the Gophers star is trying to help create change in the Twin Cities. That's coming up next on the Sports Wrap here on KDLM. I'm Ari Wolf with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. NFL coaches will be allowed to return to team facilities. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport obtained a memo sent to teams from Commissioner Roger Goodell that allows coaching staff to be among the employees eligible to return to club facilities Friday. Drew Brees apologized on Thursday for his comments about kneeling during the national anthem that received intense criticism Wednesday. Brees issued a statement on Instagram saying in part, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Show your gopher pride. Cheer on the gophers all season long on Classic Hits, KDLM. 1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap on a Friday morning. This portion of the broadcast brought to you by the 15th Annual Real Country Classic two-day fishing tournament going on right now as we speak on Otter Tail Lake. The boats are out. They are fishing for the big grand champion prize. We'll have some updates throughout the day on our Facebook page, KDLM Detroit Lakes. Also, uh, end of the day right up on KDLMRadio.com. We're actually going to stream the... The final weigh-ins on our sister station's Facebook page, 102.3 KRCQ. So if you want to watch the weigh-ins, uh, whether you're at home, whether you're, you're you're in a boat fishing there right now, and you want to make sure that they're getting your weigh-ins accurate, you can do that as well. Uh, they'll have that up later this afternoon on Real Country 102.3's Facebook page. The University of Minnesota, they have a pretty good wide receiver named Rashawn Babe, and he's not a good guy just on the field. But off the field as well. He's using his platform as a high-profile college football player. He's a projected top 10 pick in next year's NFL draft to try and push for social change. He's a Georgia native, just completed a sophomore season, and says the death of George Floyd broke his heart, but also scared him. He says having the incident happen in the city he now calls home awoke him to take a stand and work hard to push to make things better. He recently sat down, well, maybe not sat down, he, he, he talked on the phone with Eminem Sports Director Mike Grimm recently. This is the full interview with Mike Grimm and Gopher Star Receiver Rashad Bateman. With Golden Gopher wide receiver Rashad Bateman. And Rashad, um, 
If you could put us in your shoes, what has this last, for, for the specific purpose, what has this last seven days been like for you here in Minnesota? Um, it's been tough is really all I can, the only word that I can think to describe the feeling. Um, but it hasn't just been tough for me. It's been tough for a lot of people in uh, the state of Minnesota. I just hate to see people hurt and in pain and, um, Hopefully we all can come together as one and, you know, hopefully change some things around here. And I asked specific to what it's been like to be in your shoes for the past seven days. Let me now ask, what is it like just to be in your shoes, period, growing up in Georgia, spending time here in Minnesota? And as a young African-American, um, me personally, as, as a, as a uh, white guy, it is not easy to understand what uh, you go through on a daily basis. What is that like? And I know, you know, in a short interview, it might be hard to try to uh, compose mm-hmm. thoughts. But, but what, what, what do and what have you gone through? Um, it's been hard um, growing up ever since I've been here all 20 years of my life. Um, it's been a lot of struggles and things like that, obviously, being an African-American. But um, and there's certain times I didn't know how to come about it because it became a norm. Like, it was normal for me to not feel safe or for me to not know when I'm going to come home. Um, and it's been that way for a long time uh, now. And I never knew really how to stand up for it. But um, this one, what happened recently with um, with the Floyd family, it happened so close to me. And I feel like I have to run from my eyes. I feel like I had to do something, something. And given a platform that I've been um, given, I'm doing my best, everything in my power to spread awareness and spread love. And um, hopefully we all could be one again. Yeah, talk to me about that platform that you have. You're a, a popular athlete, the receiver of the year in the Big Ten. You play in a big city uh, for a Big Ten university. Um what ways are you now and what ways do you foresee yourself using that platform to help uh, create awareness and uh, help try to push social change? The way that I'm using my platform now is the way, as a, even as a child, um, I plan to use my platform always to give back and to help others in the best way possible. And now um, I'm, I've, give, I've been given the opportunity to stand up for my own um, African-Americans and everybody else also um and it's uh it's a blessing but it it can also be tough at times but um i'm got i know i can stay strong through it and that's what i will continue to do i think your marquee moment with the gophers so far has been that uh, well you've had a lot of really good moments but let, let's talk about uh in relation to this you had the touchdown to open the penn state game um that highlights been uh, replayed all over the place and for all kinds of reasons and the reason i bring that up is i I think one of the more powerful post uh, social media posts that i have seen that you and your teammates have done is love me every day when i'm driving my car riding my bike walking to class the way you love me on the football field and i think about that fifty thousand people all is one when you were running down that sideline and the powerful message there is um think of me that way when I'm riding my scooter to class, when I'm walking through the mall, when I'm driving, uh, you know, to see my girlfriend or what have you. Um, it, it, it just kind of take me through your emotions on on why that part, I mean, why that's so powerful. Um, 
I saw it somewhere else written by athlete, written by another athlete, and then I used it. I'm not sure where he got the quote from, or was it his own words or whatever. But and then I used it, and it, that one kind of hit me really tough because of sports, because um, a lot of African Americans play sports, and a lot of times that's that's the only way out. And um, with that being the only way out, that's really the only way that some of us get support from the white community and um, just playing, not even just football, just playing any sport as African-American. Um, all the fans love you on the field because you're you're benefiting them and making them happy. But when time comes like there is now, there's a lot of people that are silent during these times. Um, like they stand up for you on the football field or the basketball court. But when it comes to uh, real life scenarios, like what we're going through right now, a lot of them are um, silent. And uh, that just shows us um, people's real feelings and uh, things like that. So um, that's kind of how that that one came about. Rashad, have you and some of your teammates been part of some of these peaceful protests to uh, to, to use your voice that way as well here over the last uh, seven or eight days? Yes, um, I can speak for myself. I know I went to a, um, a small protest that was on campus. Um, I felt like it was one of the safest ones to go to. Um, but I did attend a small protest here on campus, and it was it was really good, it really, really good. Your head coach, P.J. Fleck, has talked about, even before this, but he's talked about um, wanting his team and wanting his players to use their voice and use their platform uh, to help uh, create a better society, whether it's race relations and, and that or whether it's uh, going to the hospital to visit young kids or what have you. Um, what has your coach uh, meant to you throughout this, and how often have you been able to uh, touch base with him uh, as well as maybe some of the other coaches on staff? When I first met PJ Flick, I knew to do. I knew he was a special guy, and I knew that we were going to be really close. Um, I I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it. The, the University of Minnesota football team is a family. Um, we put other people for ourselves, put our teammates for ourselves, and and as a leader of the football team, Coach Flick, he puts us before him. He calls every single one of us during this time and checks in on us to make sure that we were okay, anything that we needed, um, anything like that. And he's, uh, we we loved him, regardless of anything. But through all this time, and he's been up for us. It kind of bumped it up a notch. Like we love love him even more because he's been very understanding and very open to everything for us. And um, I don't know, he's he's a good guy, man. He's he's been there for all of us right now. As a team, have you guys also had some conversations and maybe have some of those conversations involved African-American players um, and, and let's say, white players just having talks, just being open, just trying to show support and trying to, to learn more about life in general? We have had conversations as a team on educating each other um, about certain things, but uh, we've never had any issues on our team which proves that uh, we got each other backs no matter what. So it's we've never we've never had a racist um, incident um, on our team. Um, we, we're a close team already, and I feel like all this did was just bring us closer together. Um, all everybody on this team has each other back, and that's the best part of it. 
What would your advice be? You have an audience here through this interview uh, to, to much of the state of Minnesota, and not just in the Twin Cities, but outstate as well. What would your advice or what would you ask of Minnesotans? And in this case, um, as uncomfortable maybe as it is, let me ask the question, what would your advice be to white Minnesota, uh, those that uh, that maybe don't fully understand? What 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 is a call to action? Because I have thought even myself uh, and, and have had conversations like, what can we do to make it better because sometimes uh, you, you live life and don't understand what's going on uh, outside of your own little comfort zone. Um, I said this in a quote. Um, it was online. I'm not sure. Hopefully, I say it right. But um, I said, I hope that we all wake up and start loving each other the correct way and stop taking each other's lives, no matter the color. We're all one. Um, and with that being said, I feel like um, not even just white just white Minnesotans, it's, it's everyone. I, everyone needs to wake up and realize that we're together um, and race doesn't separate us. And we, and the quicker we realize that, to, the better um, Minnesota will be and the better, better the United States will be um, because everybody's equal. Everybody deserves the same things. We're all human. We all bleed. Everybody tie these shoes the same way. Um, so um, it's just waking up and just realizing the big picture here. That's it. How um, how much have you stayed in touch with your family back home through this as well? My guess is that they um, had some time where they might have been concerned about some of what was unfolding. What 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 uh, what's that communication been like? Uh, yeah, I've been communicating with my mom and my godparents and some family and friends back home. Everybody's um, actually they're they're just scared for me. Um, a lot of them tried to get me to come back home, but I didn't. I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to go back home. Um, I felt like I needed to be here and um, let my voice be heard. Um, so I decided to stay up here. But um, everybody back home is in good, in good spirits right now, especially since everything is kind of settled down. But um, it was it's been tough on them too with me being up here. But uh, we've been we we've got through it. Permit me a couple of quick football questions um, that now that I have you on the line and with the uh, coronavirus, the COVID-19 situation, the way it is unfolded. Um, uh, my understanding is that you guys have done a lot of Zoom meetings, uh, whether it be with the team, whether it be with the coaches and what have you. Um, what's that experience been like and how does that mix in with with kind of what uh, you're dealing with uh, here specific to this last week? And it's just been kind of a, uh, a strange uh, uh, time uh, since that uh, January 1st bowl game uh, where you beat Auburn? Um, at first, getting on the Zoom meetings uh, with positioning and the team meetings, at first it was weird and it took um, some teams some time to get um, accustomed to it, but um, I, I honestly feel like it's just been, I don't even know how long it's been anymore, but everybody, it, it, it's normal now already. We just hop on Zoom and we go to our meetings Um there's no difficulties with it. We just make it work. Um, and that's, there's really not much to say about it. It's simple now. And how much are you looking forward to, though, the day that uh, you and your teammates can get back on the field, uh, practicing back in the weight room, lifting weights with each other, and, and eventually uh, kicking off in a real football game? Oh, man, I can't wait to see all my brothers and get back and everybody else get back on campus and we're back together, especially after all this. I know everybody's going to be really excited to see each other. Um, I'm going to be really excited to see the coaching staff, the rest of the staff, the equipment staff. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to be at the, all my other 
friends here that play softball and baseball and basketball. I'm just I'm ready to get around all the Gopher student athletes and the, even the students on campus. Um, I just think we all took uh, a lot of things for granted, um, and I feel like this was a, a wake up call for us to cherish every last moment that we have. And uh, I am excited to get back on the, the football field and um, represent this state and everything and go out there and compete with my brothers. Um, hopefully we get to get back out there, um, but we're all excited for it. Well, very good. And you mentioned a wake-up call, and I think for a lot of us, uh, the events of this last week have been a wake-up call. And uh, we want to let you know that we appreciate all you've done. We're here if you need anything, and uh, we love you. Thank you so much. I love all of you, too. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Rashad. Uh, We appreciate it, and uh, best of luck. And let's hope uh, we can uh, see you soon on campus. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude! Well, there you go. If you want to go back and listen to any of that interview, you can do so on our podcast page or on demand at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Here's what I'm watching for this weekend. NHL is pretty much good to go. The NBA is good to go. I still do not understand why baseball owners and the MLBPA can't get their crap together and figure something out. It it ultimately is going to come down to money. The players want to play 114 games and get paid for 114 games. The owners want to play 50 games and only pay the players for 50 games. That is ultimately what is hanging in the balance right now. And as of right, I don't think I don't think either side are talking right now. They're like, no, we're not we're not going to do this. We're not going to counter. You come up with a better idea is basically what, what both teams are saying. And a lot of of butting of heads. So maybe there won't be any any baseball this year. But the good news is NHL is scheduled as of right now for July 31st. NHL is scheduled to come back and play some some standing up playoff hockey as well. But just no baseball yet. Just, just, just it, it's 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 June 5th and usually Friday evening 705 first pitch target field. Ah, sounds so nice, but it, it doesn't as of right now we're not going to get any of that baseball this summer. Have a great weekend, everybody. Don't forget, we'll have updates from the Real Country Classic two-day fishing tournament on KDLMRadio.com. Also, the KDLM Facebook page, KDLM Detroit Lakes.